0: This isn't just happening in the U.S. It's happening all over the world. It's global, you know, and that's that makes it really interesting. I think we can now receive payments from clients who are, you know, in London and we don't have to wait days and pay wire fees.
1: Welcome to the We Are LA Tech podcast. It's another Crypto Friday special edition crypto company focused episode What we're doing with this series is reaching out to the L.A. tech community. We've got a lot of amazing projects building on blockchain. So that's Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of that crypto space. We've got companies that are doing token offerings. Uh, We've got amazing talent here. Today, we've got a very special guest on the show, Kelly Weaver from Melrose PR. Kelly, please say hi to everyone and tell us what you guys do.
0: Hey there. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Ira. This is really cool. Um, So Melrose PR is a blockchain and crypto focused marketing and PR agency or communication strategy company and we're based in Culver City.
1: Awesome. So PR, explain to us just what what that entails.
0: Sure. Uh, Basically, we are responsible for getting the company's message out to the press. So when you read articles in Forbes or Fortune or LA Business Journal, for example, we're usually behind the scenes working with the reporters to um, pitch relevant stories to them and help them along with their process. So we we have relationships with reporters and then we're working with the clients to generate news and um, and basically create a strategy to create buzz and hype and um, and get the message out.
1: Very cool. So if for my company... I wanted to get some some press, uh, some publications to actually do some articles on us, uh, maybe get some other attention. You guys are the ones to talk to uh, to do that. And you have the connections then to uh, to get some publicity.
0: That's right. Yeah. We saw blockchain was introduced to us via a local company, Gem. Um, which is an enterprise solutions provider uh, based in Venice. Right, shout out to Micah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They used to be something very different. Also, you know, it was a Bitcoin multi-sig wallet, I think, uh, originally. But um, anyway, we were introduced to them and just became enamored with the potential reaches of this technology, you know, dabbled a little bit with Bitcoin and Ethereum just for fun and went to a few conferences and thought, there's a lot of really incredible people in this space, real brainiacs, amazing developers who are so talented, but, but they're not necessarily able to communicate their vision to a more mainstream audience. And we thought, okay, this is an opportunity for us to create a niche here. Plus there's, you know, only so many reporters in the space. This is back in way back in 2016.
1: Ancient (laughs) times in the crypto timeline.
0: Not, not even. Um, but we saw an opportunity to really uh, create relationships within, you know, reporters who, are, who are, were covering blockchain at the time. Um, and and yeah, so that's how we started our journey in this specific industry. And we weren't always a a blockchain focused company at all. In fact, Melrose uh, PR started in 2012 and it was mostly a lifestyle focused firm. So we represented actually Main Street in Santa Monica was our client. We're here on Main Street right now,
1: which I I didn't realize before that Main Street was a thing. I thought it was just the street. (laughs) And so there's actually an organization then.
0: Yeah, like we launched their their Instagram. We helped with all of the um, the events that you might be familiar with, like the Summer Solstice and the Mainopoly event and the, um, oh, yeah. the Santa pub crawl, which is spearheaded by actually another, another company, but we worked with them. And then, um, you know, all of the, the 4th of July parade, all of those things, and then helping the various different businesses to, uh, talk about what they had going on, things like that. So we represented like restaurants, we res- represented consumer products. And I was, because I'm so non-technical myself, I was really, to be honest, a little Intimidated by tech, and we we worked with Kevin Winston actually on the first ever Silicon Beach Fest back in 2012, and that was really shout out the, to Kevin. Yeah, that's <laughs> the only that's the only tech stuff that we ever uh, that I touched because I thought you know I'm not technical, I don't understand these things, and so how can I possibly communicate that? And it wasn't until a couple of years ago when uh, an advisor was like, you know, this tech scene is exploding in your backyard. We were based in Santa Monica at the time, like why aren't you working with these companies? And I thought, well, we're good at events and we're good at, um, so we could help them with their maybe community events. and, um, And so that's really how, that was the unscary way for us to start working with tech companies. And then, and so the first two tech companies we worked with were WireDrive Uh, which is based in Playa Vista and then Gem and Gem is a blockchain company. So that's how we were introduced to blockchain. So thanks to Micah and the Gem crew who were so amazing that, you know, they're magnetic. So we wanted to be around them all the time. So that's why we followed them to the conferences and, and did all this stuff with them. And that was sort of where we discovered blockchain. And then, we put the pieces together. Like we decided, okay, this is a really interesting vertical for us to explore exclusively for our company. And we would love to work with only blockchain companies. And we had that vision in sort of the fall of 2016, but it didn't really take hold. We worked with three companies in, in, in 2016 that were blockchain focused, but until early 2017 was when we were sort of in the right place at the right time for the explosion, uh, of crypto explosion, crypto explosion, crypto
1: beach happening
0: crypto beach i i only just heard that term you know in the past couple months oh, really. i'm so pumped we're in crypto beach yeah. you know so um yeah we were I, I i keep saying we were in the right place at the right time for this explosion of interest and we have been you know lucky enough to be one of the only pr agencies i think there's four four or five now um who are really exploring this as an exclusive topic and so, worldwide so and this is a this yeah, is a that, global that's phenomenon amazing. So we've been, you know,
1: worldwide and LA has come to the game as a player at the, so I've been saying
0: since, you know, since May that we were in the right place at the right time and, you know, had the right tools or whatnot. But I've realized in the past couple months that not only I didn't relate that to being in LA and I related that to being like positioned properly. And I now realize that. Not only are we, were we in the right place at the right time for blockchain, but this crypto beach phenomenon that's happening in our backyard is so exciting. There's so many amazing events. The energy here is palpable. You know, you're doing these crypto Fridays. I couldn't believe this. You know, it's like we we got here so fast and it's so fun to be on this, you know, sort of wave of energy and excitement about crypto. I love talking about it. Um, we're actually launching a podcast, our own podcast, Crypto Token Talk, so we can have conversations like these, um, with cool people. And that's just, um, you know, sort of kind of a side project spearheaded by Melrose, but that, that should that's be That's
1: awesome. Is, uh, where can people connect more or find out how to listen to your podcast?
0: Uh, CryptoTokenTalk.io is the, uh, website and it has all the links to how you can subscribe on iTunes and things like that.
1: Very cool, and and what kind of uh, what kind of show will it be? What are you talking about?
0: So it's really um, our goal is to make it an entertaining on ramp for those who are looking to or are curious about Bitcoin, curious about blockchain, maybe non technical, and really want a friendly, easy place to start. And so um, I've recorded the first four episodes. Um, And we're really hoping, you know, one's an intro to Bitcoin episode, one's an intro to blockchain episode, um, trying to keep it as um, as basic as possible so we don't, you know, so that the uh, listeners eyes don't glaze over when we start talking about things like hard forks and Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, uh, you know,
1: there's a lot of very technical terms in the crypto space. And uh, and so that's what we see. There's there's resources out there for if you already are used to those technical terms, uh, what what we're doing here is, is spotlighting the companies who are working in the space and so so your show is going to be a good on-ramp for introduction and explanation of, of how these things work hopefully
0: yeah hope for that um we one of the things that we saw when we first came into the when we start, first started working with gem is that the amount of jargon in this industry I don't know if you've experienced that but sort of the uh,
1: no not at all I just. <laughs> A lot, a lot of jargon.
0: And, and and you're not cool unless you're talking in the lingo, you know? And so I try to dumb it down as much as possible. I feel
1: like at least 50% of the people throwing these crypto terms around actually don't know what well, they are. Well, I felt very are. excluded at cool first.
0: Do. Yeah. <laughs> I, but now it's like... Um,
1: Democratized, decentralized, yeah. smart contracts.
0: Nascent industry and yeah. all, the, all this stuff. Yeah.
1: Cool. Where are you guys based at for Melrose PR?
0: So we just moved into a new office in October and we're in Culver City.
1: Culver City. Awesome. What's the tech scene like in, in Culver City? Are there any other companies that you're working with over there? Or where do you spend most of your time in L.A.?
0: Well, I'm a Santa Monica gal, so I mm. I love the West Side. Um, and our our team is actually super, super spread out um, in terms of where we all live. So we have someone up as far as Agora and down as far south as Redondo. So we have a team of six full-time, uh, all women in the office, plus myself, so seven. And uh, and then we're in total a team of about 15. And we do have two guys, but they're both remote. And women in blockchain, there's there's not many. So I feel like we're a huge rarity to have that many.
1: Yeah. And we're going to have some amazing interviews with, uh, with some key women in blockchain. So I, I'm glad to see... Uh, blockchain seems to have been very welcoming community for that. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of good influence. Anytime, I think we in LA can help kind of lead the tech scene as well. Uh, very, very helpful. Uh, but cool. So you, you guys are in Culver City and you used to, you pivoted a little bit. Are, are you 100% exclusively crypto companies right now? We're
0: about uh, 200% crypto companies 200% right now. <laughs> And it feels almost like, uh, we're all ICOs at the moment. Although we do have a couple of projects, um, that are just starting that are not ICOs, which is um, nice to round us out a bit. But we, we definitely felt like last summer was the summer of ICOs and sort of the beginning of this phenomenon for us. And we've become really good at the process. We've worked with, um, 22 ICO projects to date at, you know, whether it's start, finish or throughout the whole process. And, um...
1: And for for anyone joining us right now, uh, what is an ICO?
0: So an ICO is an initial coin offering is, is what that stands for or a token sale, or I know you guys covered it in one of your podcast episodes, right, like our, all the intro. different, yeah, TGE token generation okay. event, you know, token sale. Our clients usually based on their legal representative are, are pretty fussy about what term they, they stay and stick to. <laughs> they're not an ICO. They're a TGE. <laughs> yeah. I think it's all the same. It's like tomato, tomato, but, um, basically it's a mechanism to, um, to fundraise through a crowd sale um, and you're generating your own tokens, which have either perceived future value, future utility, present utility for these generally speaking blockchain applications. Um, So these companies have these cool visions of how they want blockchain and decentralized applications to change the world. And they communicate that vision via people like us who help them shape their message. And then they go out and they, um, they sell these, uh, a limited supply of tokens to, to the crowd, which is made up of, you know, obviously VCs and hedge funds, investment pools, and then, you know, the, the average crypto kid investor. And so we're looking to, not uh, crypto help, kitties. Not crypto kitties. <laughs> the crypto kids who own the crypto kitties. <laughs> so it's, it's
1: crypto kitties. If uh, if you haven't heard of it, uh, Google it. Kitties like cats. It's a uh, collectible cat trading gar- card game online that uses blockchain. It's an interesting I mean, if you <laughs> understand
0: why crypto kitties is such a phenomenon, then you, you can sort of understand what the mentality of these crypto kids are. It's a Totally new breed of youngsters, I would say, who, you know, grew up with with a computer. They just understand the technical landscape and they love sort of memes and goofy stuff. And this, like Crypto Kitties, plays to, you know, all of their core beliefs, I suppose. <laughs> it's <a core>
1: belief. <laughs> and it's
0: fun and it's funny and it's cool and it's unique. I mean, I think it's a really unique way to use blockchain technology because basically, a blockchain, one of the things that makes it unique is that you can't go back and change, you know, what's happened in time, the The entries that are recorded. So if this cat was born on this day and had this owner, that can't ever be changed. And then these cats are breeding with other cats um, and they're creating unique features that, you know, if they have like super pretty eyes, they're worth more money or, you know, super rare features. So it's wild, but It's It's interesting because
1: yeah, it's, it's almost like a visual representation. I've heard one of the design goals of it was as a, a learning tool for people to understand what you can do with blockchain and how it works. Cause each, each kitty is a, basically like a token on the blockchain and there are transactions. Like if I send one of my kitties to you, you're receiving that. And so there's, it's an interesting visual kind of fun way to, uh, to learn about all the all the main features yeah, of Yeah, I think blockchain. it's brilliant.
0: I love the concept. Um, I really I really love it. And we're we're actually working with a project that I can't talk about yet that mm-hmm. I'm super excited about based here in LA. They're based in sort of West LA, Olympic and Bundy. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll be able to talk about that in a couple of months, but it's super exciting. Uh, I
1: can't I can't wait to find out.
0: It's yeah, <laughs> I think digital collectibles meets mainstream USA. Well,
1: cool. so if a company is ICOing uh, why do they need PR? Like, what what do you guys do to help?
0: So, think about all the different types of investors, contributors, donors, whatever you want to call it. From a legal standpoint, that are contributing their
1: participants. Participants, Wh- which sure. is a good time to say this: we are not legal experts. Nope, we are not, not investment close. advisors. This is a show for your entertainment purposes only. So, hopefully, it's entertaining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, Ira. I agree. I mean, and and one of the things we do is work uh, closely with the legal team to make sure that all the um the messaging that goes out is um is approved. So we help you craft a message that will relate to the various target audiences. The crypto kids that we sort of talked about a second ago are a lot different than the venture capital firm, you know, managers, hedge fund managers, things like that. So We're looking to generate news and headlines um, across a variety of different demographics. And so, you know, it's difficult to rise above the noise right now. There's thousands of ICOs a month now. And, you know, how do you get your message out when there's so much noise, you know? So we're helping to, I suppose, drum up attention and we're working with you know, community managers who are helping to seed the results that we get. So let's say we get a an article in um, New York Times or something, and we'll f- then seed that on the Reddit subReddit channels, and we'll seed that in Bitcoin talks, and we'll uh, put put that in the Telegram channels, and that way people are like, "Ooh, cool! Like, check out this article. Like, this is legit." Like, telling their friends, you know, and this is how the the message spreads. But it starts from the top, and it starts from a strategy where you have to sort of decide what your messaging is going to be for that and then seed it appropriately, if that makes sense. Share it.
1: Yeah. makes, makes a lot of sense. So like you were saying before, developers can be great, but then they build something that no one ever hears about or, or uses.
0: Which is sad. Yeah. yeah. like, like um, Another thing that we do a lot of now is really creative content. So we write a lot of content. So if you see, Medium posts written by the ICO projects or messages, you know, updates, newsletters, things like that. We're usually, you know, a firm like ours is usually behind that sort of driving that copy and and getting the messages out there. And then we also work like when there's crises. We had an ICO back in um, September that was being seriously trolled, um, like this this is a scam, and that was on all the message boards, and it it spooked people. And we had to basically
1: so tr- trolled just just meaning that. People were purposely instigating and trying to. Yeah,
0: there were a couple people
1: spam it with negative posts.
0: Exactly. Okay. Yeah, which ultimately I don't know if it hurt them, but they because they did phenomenally well regardless. But it was tough because the client was, um, you know, when when someone's attacking you without base, you want to be defensive, right? And you want to respond and say this is ridiculous. But sometimes. You know, from a posture standpoint, it's better to say nothing than to really get aggressive because then they can hold those conversations against you, and so
1: yeah i have, I have a saying I don't think I made it up. I got it from somewhere, but it's don't feed the trolls
0: yeah, exactly yeah.
1: they want they want you to get defensive if you engage the trolls one. then you
0: win, they win exactly, yeah. and we say we say this all the time, so I suppose we're helping with all of those those um Aspects, And then we also are listing to, you know, there's hundreds now of ICO calendar listing sites where people first discover ICOs. And so we're posting to the ICO calendar sites and deciding which ones are of value and are not. And it's just a sort of tedious process that we have.
1: So that's if, if I was looking for ICOs uh, that are coming out and when they're coming out and maybe participate in them, uh, those, those calendar sites then do what?
0: they tell you what's exactly what's coming up on a schedule and sometimes they review them or they put all of the information uh, there. So Smith and Crown is sort of the, they're amazing and they sort of started this where they started to list all ICOs, you know, that were coming out and they have criteria that you have to meet because, because this is brand new. There are a lot of companies that may be using this for, unethical means, like there's no checks and balances yet. Hundreds of millions of dollars are being raised, but there isn't much incentive then afterwards to actually build the product. And so it's still very early and we haven't, we don't know that it's going to work. We're very hopeful that this is going to lead to, you know, the next internet or whatever. But we, you know, it it hasn't yet been seen what happens when you raise a ton of money and then let people run loose. I guess a good example of that would be Ethereum because they were one of the first ICOs and they raised, I think, like fifteen million at the time, which was a huge amount of money. Is a huge amount of money.
1: Yeah, it still is.
0: And <laughs> in any real world, it is. Um, and and they have, um, you know, produced the Ethereum. You know, so it, Ethereum so itself followed through on their and promises. Through, they and continue it's up and to running. evolve. The Ethereum Foundation is is working on. Improving it, so they're a good example, but it doesn't mean that everybody is a good example. There's a lot of people who see this as a get-rich-quick scheme and may not have the best intentions. So, I think everybody in the industry is trying to figure out how can we make this more legitimate, how can we make this so that this is here to stay, and and what are the best practices here because we're all sort of figuring this out. I think that every single week something changes, and we have a weekly team lunch in our office where we discuss an industry topic. Um, because if we don't, you know, in client services in general, you're putting out fires and you're reacting and and uh, preparing for what the client needs at all times. And sometimes you get sucked into that, and you may not be looking at the at a macro level, like what's happening in the uh, in the crypto space in general. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to take a step back and say, you know, for example, there, you know, we've noticed that ICOs. Are using more KYC, Know Your Customer, where they're asking for your name, address, you know, maybe a passport picture, things like that. And so, if you're an unaccredited U.S. investor, depending on the the ICO, you may not be allowed to participate. And we were talking about what that means for you know the future of U.S. investors um, in ICOs, non-accredited. And you know, this is something that's changing, and it's has yet to unfold. but, you know, it, it, it matters in how we market these things. Like, are we not marketing to, to the U.S.? I mean, we're based here in the U S we sort of our reach when clients ask us, we say English speaking countries. I mean, obviously we can't have influence in like Asia or the middle East or Russia because we don't speak the language and can't translate, but we do have a lot of reporter contacts and, um, generate a lot of awareness in like Europe, the UK specifically, a lot of reporters are based in London. But, you know, outside of that, a lot of our clients hire agencies that are specific to those areas. And we recommend that if, if those markets are important to them.
1: Interesting. So you, you have contacts, uh, reporter contacts, a lot of them in Europe and, and other English speaking places.
0: Yes, because what's so cool about this industry is that it's global. You know, this isn't just happening in the U.S. It's happening all over the world. You know, I just went to Australia and one of our clients is based in australia and you know there's a huge um crypto community there in in right. i was in uh, the brisbane area but it's it's really it's global you know and that's that makes it really interesting i think
1: it is it's fascinating it's connecting that, the world yeah. you know
0: we we, inter- we can now receive payments from clients who are um you know in London and we don't have to wait days and pay wire fees. They send it in, you know, Bitcoin or Ethereum and we receive it, you know, and in the case of Bitcoin, a little bit longer and Ether, five minutes or less. But yeah, it's really, it's opened up the possibilities to transact uh, globally.
1: That's, that's pretty amazing. That seems to be one of the things that we kind of seek in general and what we're doing. uh, A lot of us technologists are doing is trying to make the world smaller I guess connect people. Uh, So it's amazing to see that happening on a global level, and it happens all hours. Uh, There's right;
0: it never turns off. uh,
1: (laughs) Some some people I know that are trading uh, are on these exchanges in the middle of the night because uh, it's not just happening in U.S. time zones. People all over the world are doing this, participating.
0: It's posed a unique challenge for us scheduling calls. Like one of our clients is in Hong Kong. One's in Australia, as I mentioned, and then we have a lot in Europe. And so, you know, I'm always willing to take calls whenever my team, I try to, I try to make it sort of a normal schedule for them. But, you know, it's been challenging to get like multiple parties on the line when we have multiple people in multiple cities. But some of the clients that we work with are based in all over the world. And that's cool that they can work together, that we live in a day and age where that's totally possible. You know, I told you seven of our team members are in here in LA, the rest are remote and it works seamlessly. We use things like Slack and it's almost like the remote workers. One of our team members is a digital nomad. You know, he lives, he he (laughs) travels and works and he's amazing. And it's, you know, sometimes he's in Ireland, sometimes he's in Costa Rica, sometimes, and it doesn't matter because he can log on and work whenever he wants. Um, And so it's cool that he, still feels like he's part of the team when he's not like actually in our office, you know?
1: Yeah, that's the amazing thing. You bring a computer with you or even a phone and that's your office anywhere in the world.
0: Totally. And I've been a good example of that in the past year because I went to, I actually went to 10 countries last year, oh, wow. about 70% of which was for work. And because there were conferences all over. It's so cool.
1: So... Let's circle back to kind of L.A. and the L.A. community. It seems like we're very connected. There's a lot of things happening globally. What resources do you find here in L.A. or why? Why is your company based in L.A.?
0: I absolutely love this city. I landed here in 2005 when I started at USC. And so fight on. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you didn't do the hand symbol. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, the peace sign. Um, and so I've lived here ever since, um, but actually the past uh, the past year and a half I've spent sort of bi-coastally because my husband is in business school right now at UNC Chapel Hill. He's almost graduating, thank goodness. UNC? Uh, UNC, yeah. So Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So I've been doing a lot of uh, plane airplane travel and mm-hmm. it's made me appreciate LA that much more. I absolutely love this city and mm-hmm. when I get here, I'm just like, oh, thank goodness, you know? And then, you know, this crypto scene has has absolutely exploded. And I think that we're, we have, New York is sort of uptight when it comes to um, the regulation around, well, Bitcoin companies specifically. And then, um, you know, so it kind of like, I know that companies like Shapeshift left New York. Um, right. And then, you know, San Francisco is more traditional, the traditional finance. Um, and they're still doing some really cool innovation in blockchain up there too. But down here, it's just like a really, Open-minded, maybe more libertarian mentality, Um, and I just feel like the startup the the tech scene here is very um, inclusive. um, And I hosted, for example, one of the LA Bitcoin meetups and met some just incredible people. I mean, there was people there who knew nothing and there's people who are, know so much more than I do. And I learned so much from these people. And, you know, the connections that came, came from that are just fantastic. It's like, I'm always so stimulated here because there's such interesting and uh, talented people. And I feel like, why wouldn't you want to live here? I mean, huh. the weather, the lifestyle is just, it's the best.
1: Speaking of interesting people uh, that you've come across at these conferences or in L.A., is there anyone that you can think of uh, that you've come across talented individuals or companies that you'd like to talk about?
0: Sure. I actually interviewed two um, incredibly talented L.A.-based women this morning for for Crypto Token Talk. Um, they are both part of a panel next week at Crypto Finance, uh, which is in downtown L.A., I think. The topic is women in blockchain, and it will also include Heidi Pease from UCLA Blockchain Lab and um, Laura Kramer from my team, our director of brand strategy. Um, It should be an interesting conversation, but Kim Miller-Anderson and Alexandra Damsker. And they, Kim is a consultant, a blockchain consultant, and um, Alexandra also does consulting. She used to actually be, uh, work at the SEC, and oh, wow. has a really interesting perspective on all of this. And she was—they—they they both were. We had a fun and uh, interesting conversation about sort of opportunities for women in this industry because they're—we are extremely underrepresented. I think it's like—I think it's partly because tech in general can be intimidating. I mean, I had that same reaction. You know, I was scared to take on tech companies because I thought I'm not technical. You know? Yeah. And yet, it's actually a really women in in blockchain are extremely welcoming because I think we want to sort of grow and and um, and support each other. And then in LA, the crypto community is extremely welcoming because it's like, we're all evangelizing. Like we all want to see, uh, see this greater vision succeed, which is, you know, that cryptocurrency could be sort of the, what we transact with on a daily basis in, in, in the world. And it has the power to improve quality of life across the globe, like poverty, connectivity, all of these things can be solved through different blockchain applications, for um, sure.
1: Not just currency, but yeah, other other sure. applications that can create markets and and opportunities for people who don't have those systems in place.
0: Yeah, I was I was actually talking to someone here whose company is called Give It, and he is trying to combat um, the poverty and the situ- the crisis in Venezuela, and is going is going to be using cryptocurrency to to help. Uh, sort of revive the economy there, which is really, really cool. And I think they're coming out with with that sort of stuff in the next couple of months.
1: That is really cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a far-reaching impact, you know? And they're LA-based.
1: Awesome. Another great LA company. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us today. How can people get in contact with you?
0: Sure. I'm on Twitter at CryptoKelly, crypto and then K-E-L-L-E-Y, Or you can find me on LinkedIn, Kelly Weaver, K-E-L-L-E-Y Weaver. And um, you can find out more about the podcast at CryptoTokenTalk.io and more about Melrose PR at MelrosePR.com.
1: Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great weekend. To join in the conversation and chat with me and other crypto enthusiasts, check out the crypto channel on the We Are LA Tech private Slack at wearelatech.com slash VIP.
0: Yes, you can now get your We Are LA Tech tee. You've all been asking for it. Just go to wearelatech.com slash shop to be a part of the movement to make Los Angeles the top city in the world for tech. Yes, we are number three. Let's get it to number one. Wearelatech.com slash shop represent The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not the opinions of Light Tech or their participants and are subject to change. The content of the show, the videos, website, and all related works are provided for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to be, nor does it constitute financial investment or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to investing, finances, trading, or anything else based on this content without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to buy, sell, or trade any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent financial advisor.